I got it. Hey, welcome to episode 78 of the Roughed Up Podcast. This is uh, Matt Armstrong alongside Mike Roy, Wes G, and Tim Rodriguez. Uh, we're going to run down uh, week six of the NFL 2020 season. Um, we're going to go over last week, week five, uh, um, some of the big games, the, our best bets. Um, there's, uh, I guess we could go over uh, uh, Tampa Brady uh, not doing too well against uh, Mike Roy's Bears. How, how did that look for you? I mean, that was the uh, more like the um, the injury bowl than a real football game. There were so many injuries on on both sides of the field there. Tampa without Chris Godwin, no Fournette. I thought that line was way too high to begin with, with all those injuries. Um, in Chicago, I think this year and most years, they play well as a dog. As a home dog, that's a good spot for that Bears team. Um, yeah, I, I think the game was kind of as expected, like a pretty shoot. Foles looked absolutely horrendous for two quarters of that game, maybe even three quarters. And Brady couldn't do much else. It was just a attrition war. And if you're giving me five and a half points or five points for the home team, Seems like a pretty uh, safe, safe play there. All I needed all, to do was follow I... Roy's lead. He knows his bears. <laughs> he knows his bears. All, all I have to say for that game is that was one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life. It was such a terrible game to watch. It, like every play, there was a penalty. There wasn't, especially in the third and fourth quarter, like holy crap. Every single play, there was a penalty. I, I think on one drive, the uh, Bucks had six penalties. Four of them were offensive holding. I was like, this is unreal. I, I, what was it? They, they were like second and 40 because of all the penalties? Raiders. It's like, stuff. what in the world am I watching? Like, that game was almost unwatchable, like in the second half. Yeah, we we uh, we here at the Rough Up Podcast. We end up uh, making our decisions on the on the uh, primetime games. Thursday is apparently a primetime game, but I've never been a fan of betting <laughs> this 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 game because it's just so sloppy. Yep. And usually they they only schedule the bad teams. Somehow Tom Brady is on the Buccaneers, and so that's that's why this scheduling mistake happened. Um, but. Yeah, usually it's just bad teams, and it's a short week, and it looks ugly, and it's not really great to watch. Um, we had uh, several primetime games last week, though, so we can jump over to how many games we had a Sunday, a Monday, and a Tuesday night football, yeah. um, which I'm sure uh, Goodell is, uh, you know, quite happy uh, that that has worked out somehow. Um, the Vikings went up to Seattle. Um, and they threw in a puncher's chance, made it a, a one-point game there at the end. There was a chance to win uh, there. Um, I, I think I called that pretty quickly. Like, this is uh, Cousins' ability to not win but look confident on uh, uh, in-night games in Seattle. Yeah, and, uh, Army, you did call it. Uh, you're right about basically everything. I was I was very surprised, but you were right about basically everything. Um, yeah, I mean Seattle didn't look great. They they were getting beat up like early on in that game. They looked terrible. Uh, 
the the only thing is, you know, with bad bad teams is bad teams can't finish. So what ended up happening is Russ came alive late in the game and put the Vikings away late. But I mean, I mean the Vikings played well for three quarters, but uh, the Vikings are not a good team this year, so they couldn't finish. But they covered, so I mean, you win. Uh, you guys have any other thoughts about that game? I think it was just a, you know, kind of a sloppy, you know, let the bad team hang around. Uh, I think the Vikings are necessarily a bad team. Um, no, 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 but I'm, I'm saying I'm saying that Seattle was going home undefeated versus a team that was what were they? They were one in three. three? So now yeah, they're one in four. I mean, yeah. yeah, Vikings have not looked good this year, and they started off just horrendous on both sides of the ball. So, but they, but this team was a playoff team recently, and a team that I think has talent and aspirations to to go deep. So. That's kind of a shocking start to the season of the Vikings. And, of course, Seattle couldn't be more polar opposite with just looking lights out. But this was like a classic spot where I felt like Minnesota would be a live dog. They went up there last year, played tough. Um, and it's always tough with Kirk Cousins in prime time. <laughs> it's like you never want to back him. He's absolutely horrendous under the lights. But the spot was just such a good spot for Minnesota because they were being so disrespected with that line. These teams couldn't look more opposite. And Seattle just doesn't tend to blow teams out. They they play them close. And it was just the Dalvin Cook first half. He just ran through the whole team. And I think the Seahawks defense isn't as good as people think. Like, think it is. I mean, it's, it's a kind of – it's a shell of itself. Well, uh, the, the the right now the Seahawks defense is – they have one yeah. of the best defenses in the league. I mean, you, they, 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 the Seahawks expect Russell to put up thirty points every game if they expect. He has to. Which I mean, he he's been he's been a god recently, so I he's been doing it. But the thing is, their defense is consistently giving up twenty-seven to thirty-four points a game. So I um, mean, they're one of the things that uh, you know I transitioned into being a full-time handicapper that I didn't realize was that Jamal Allen Adams was out for this week. Yeah, yeah, groin. He's he's out for a couple of weeks. He's and he's he got is, a serious uh, groin strain. In the first couple of weeks, he proved that he was keep patching holes in this uh, Seattle defense. Um, that's you know historically like been well respected, but um, you lose all uh, an all pro uh, player like that, it's probably not going to be easy to hold people down. So. Yeah, someday I'll, uh, you know, look at the injury report for all 15 games a week, but um, currently not doing that. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, we could probably hop off this game. We've got uh, the Chargers went to New Orleans. They were giving mm-hmm. a touchdown and a half. They covered as well on the road in New Orleans. Uh, pretty much after every first quarter, Wes is calling for Drew Brees' head. Um, <laughs> true. Are we into Taysom Hill uh, territory this week, week six? I don't think what so. What about Jameis? I mean, it's, you know, Jameis, yeah. So it'd be yeah, it'd be Jameis before Taysom. Jameis is one of the thirty best quarterbacks in the league. He is. I mean, he's last year he proved it. He had, he throws a lot. Of, he has problem keeping the ball on his side of the field. But I mean, the guy put up five thousand yards. Passing. Uh, there's only three other guys that have done it before him. So I mean, he's in an elite class, 
in both interceptions and putting up points and yards. So he's definitely in a class of his own. But he's the guy. Well, last year he was he was a top twelve quarterback, and he's there's now definitely a, a problem. So he's definitely there's a problem there. with this. There's a problem with this Saints team when Michael Thomas isn't healthy and on the field. Um, they're just not able to stretch the field. And oh, make, yeah. Uh, there are Kamara serious gaps in that so team. Dangerous. Yeah. Like, when you're able to stretch the field, you have, you know, the, the backside of the defense, you know, pull back, whereas uh, most of their offense is deep and then drop off to Kamara. But if you can load the box and just assume the offense is going to run uh, through the backfield, it's not, uh, it's not as dynamic. Um, and then uh, Herbert, he he looked pretty good. I mean, this is another guy who um, probably kind of like not polished enough to be uh, put into like an elite class. But I, I think he kind of has the tools similar to like uh, a ton of the guys that we have currently, like uh, Darnold or Allen, who have he's, he's better tools, than but, Darnold. Well, I'm just saying they, they have tools they can throw the ball out of the stadium. I think Allen is a lot better than Don, uh, both of them too. Sure, sure. Well, I, guys... I, I think I think Herbert Herbert in a couple of years. I mean, he could be better than Allen. Be right, it's just because it's guys Her, just, Herbert has touch. Need a little bit. Yeah, Herbert need has a little touch bit more time. And and Allen doesn't. Allen has no touch. All he has is a hundred mile per hour fastball. He throws the ball a ton. There's no doubt about it. But he does has no touch. Where where Herbert has some touch, he can throw the ball. On a dime. It's just he's a little wild right now. He can't read. He's not. He's not there. He's a rookie, so his de- his ability to break down defenses right now isn't great. So I'll randomly throw a ball where you're just like, "What the hell were you thinking?" Where he throws in like triple coverage. Or I mean, he's a rookie. He's being thrown out to the wolves. So this is gonna. It's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like perfectly fine uh, at this point. I don't think the Chargers. We're expected to, you know, com- compete versus the Chargers uh, or the the Chiefs this year um, for the mm-hmm. division, and so it's kind of just like a perfectly fine time to get him seasoned and, uh, you know, uh, figure out how to how to pass in the NFL. But he's looked good. I think the Chargers and have he- been they they haven't right they haven't won many games, but they've been punchers in a lot of them. So whenever they they're giving uh, big lines. Against suspect teams, I'm I'm going to probably take them for a bit here. Well, and all and also he's leagues above Tyrod Taylor. The fact that that was even a conversation about putting Tyrod back in the lineup was crazy in my mind. I, he's yeah, I, 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 Herbert was clearly a better player, way better arm, way better touch with the football. He read defenses better in Tyrod, even though Tyrod's been in the league for ten years, like. There's some guys haven't, some guys don't. There's a reason why Tyrod was undrafted free agent and Herbert was a number five overall pick. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, it looks good. Look for spots to back on, as you said. Yeah, I, I, um, I guess I've, I've said that last couple of weeks. Right. I don't think they're winners. I think they are a team that can hang around with uh, with with teams, that's that's been their mmo mo for years. Now, um, I guess we can go into best bets. Uh, all of us hit our best bets except for Michael Roy, who uh, no, Tim, you did. That was me who didn't hit because I had I had uh, who did I have? You had Indy. 
Yeah, I had Indy. That's right. Mm. I had Indy, and they and they bust. They went bust. That's right. That's right. Michael Roy finally got me. He finally got me. He's been on my nipping at my heels every week <laughs> on my best bets, and he finally got me. Yeah, I, I think th- Raiders I think are in that class with the Chargers of a team you take. Um, you know, if they're getting a lot of points, Raiders seem like they're going to always put up points. Yeah, they they're going to put up points. Their defense is trash, but they're going to put up points. Yeah, I guess I could bring up my best bet. I had the Chiefs plus thirteen against the Chiefs. They went out right. Um, <clears throat> always a lesson if you're betting a large uh, a large number, might as well throw a little bit on the money line. Um, game wasn't a, a clear win for the Raiders uh, uh, very early, but um, the Chiefs didn't really uh, make any action happen. And a couple bad uh, third down uh, attempts and uh, let the Raiders hang around, win the game. Um, I think, yeah, like my initial like opinion about that game was just uh, division opponents usually play better than uh, two two touchdown uh, dogs, and the Raiders aren't that bad. Um, I think yeah. So I, I bet uh, you know I bet these on uh, Tuesday or whenever we post this is at thirteen. It moved all the way to fourteen and a half. So um, clearly uh, the wrong line was posted here. Um, and then we got uh, Roy with the Steelers. They covered. Uh, they got the nine points. Um, <clears throat> You see anything brought out another like Jerry Rice clone? Yeah, oh, goodness. Chase Claypool, uh, man. I mean, I have him. I have him fantasy. He was on my bench because the previous two weeks he had under six points. So I was like, I was like, there's no way he's gonna be putting up big numbers. And of course, he scores four TDs. I'm just like, oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a good spot for the Steelers um, off a of bye, which they didn't expect to come get a uh, Eagles team that kind of just played the Super Bowl and beat the Niners on the road. Um, I thought it was a good letdown spot for the Eagles there, but kind of a close game, I guess, for most of it. Um, Pittsburgh isn't as big and bad, I guess, as I thought that they were. Like, they're not blowing out teams yet. They're kind of playing close. Um, but definitely a round and pound type game. So I wish – I didn't see the game, but I saw the highlights, and – I don't have much more analysis other than, I guess, I'm lucky to get a cover there, huh? Yeah, oh, I mean, they were they were lucky. Yeah, it was it was very uh, close for uh, Philadelphia to win that game outright, but um, mm-hmm. uh, I think there were just some bad uh, bad uh, field position plays, and then Claypool like had like a late touchdown to mm-hmm. uh, cover, and then yeah, it was basically wrapped from there. Um, the Steelers clearly have holes in their team. I think once they start playing better competition, they they haven't played anybody yet. They've played a bunch of bad teams. Um, once they start playing like the Ravens, the Chiefs, like the, those guys, and and that and that level, you're gonna see you're gonna see the flaws come out. I I don't trust the Steelers right now. I think they are an above average team. I think they're in the top ten of the NFL right now. But I don't think they're an elite team. They're not in the class of the Chiefs. They're not in the class of the Ravens. They're not in the class of the Packers, right? Now. So you definitely see holes. They have they have bad they have bad mishaps with their defense. Their offense, their their run game is okay. It's not great. Uh, clearly, Ben is 
okay. He's not the same guy that he coming back from injury. He's not that guy anymore. He's not throwing the ball 60 yards down the field like he used to. But he's still he's still creative, making plays. He still can do that, even at his current age. Was he 36, 37? He still can do that because he's a big guy. He can, like, shed guys off of him. But the, the Steelers still aren't the same team that they were yesteryear. Okay. And then uh, we have Wes. Uh, it's given 13 <clears throat> as the Baltimore backer versus the Bengals. This game was uh, pretty much in the bag um, early into the early. third quarter. Um, I don't know that there's much to say um, other than the Ravens are clearly a pub stomper. So, like, whenever they face a bad team, they're going to put up good numbers. Uh, and the defense looked good against the bad team. Um, yep. No rookie think, quarterbacks in, in games at Ravens. Yeah. Yep. That's a good, yeah, that's a good it, idea for sure. Anytime, any, anytime you see the Ravens in that kind of situation later on down the year, take advantage. Bet them every single time because they're going to yeah, be absolutely destroyed. Destroy them. We definitely have, like, a, a bad stigma about, like, um, the Ravens from last year because they laid just such an, an egg against the Titans. Um, but for the majority of 2019, they just ran it down. They were, you know, three touchdowns. Uh, winners bounce because of everyone. Uh, Lamar Jackson is, you know, I guess fully rested. Looks great. He's uh, running around uh, town, no problem. Uh, so... Probably need to just shrug, shrug off uh, the playoff performance and uh, kind of adjust your lines uh, to that. Um, okay. Late, um, late in that game, though, I mean, once they got up by three scores, they they shut down Lamar, which really hurts you if you're if you're if you're a fantasy owner and you have Lamar, you just got to be tearing up a little bit because like they just shut him down. They they just hand the ball off to whoever, like whether it's Dobbins or or Ingram. They just hand, hand the ball off or they'll do like um, little jet sweeps or whatever. Just keep the ball, make sure that um, that Jackson doesn't have to run all that much. So it kind of hurts, kind of hurts those guys in fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely saw RG3 spotting. Probably could see that more often, which mm-hmm. yeah, right. For fantasy is, uh, is rough to see because there's rough. definitely teams that uh, like to run it up uh, similar, yeah, like New Orleans teams that, you know, just uh, don't, don't fail you uh, to play it out and run up 40 point games. Um, but yes, as a rushing quarterback and um, someone who is your uh, franchise, you definitely uh, stick with three touchdown wins. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about the garbage time player. Like, the garbage-time players are some of the best because they're just, like, they might be losing by 30 points, but you know that they're going to throw the ball 60 times. And it's about hunkering in and just, you know, accepting the fact that they're going to be receiving all the – getting all those catches and all those touches. They're going to get 150 yards receiving just because they're down by 25. Uh, Matt Stafford special. I always every year yep. we, we return to the NFL and I I look up quarterback rankings uh, in fantasy and I'm like Matt Stafford again? Are you kidding me? Like, but yep. yeah, he, <laughs> he throws 45 times every game. The king of the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has 4,500 yards passing, 40 touchdowns, 
Nineteen the, pick. Like, and the Lions are five, every single year. He's got are, nine losses. Yeah. yeah, or four and twelve. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That's it. Okay. Um. So let's, let's go. Uh, let's get going. Let's do the primetime games. Week six. Oh, are we are we gonna just pass up on a good Tim Tantrum week? It'll come up. Oh, okay. Okay. We've got we had uh, a Niner game at five twenty p.m. Yeah, I can talk about it during the Rams game because I'm not betting the Niners in that. That's game. our first prime time game, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. There's no yeah. Thursday. Yeah. Sunday night football. Rams at Niners. Rams minus three and a half in this I, spot. I don't trust. I'll, I'll I'll start. I don't trust the Niners at home. I said this last podcast. I do, do not trust the at home. They come out flat every single time. I don't know what it is. Know what's in the water when they're in Santa Clara, but they just come out and they play like dog shit for the first quarter at least. And for the Dolphins game, they played like crap for four quarters. Like that game was impossible to watch. That game was over in the first half. They were down 28 to 10 in the first half against the Titans. And I was just like, this isn't the. They literally benched Jimmy G because they couldn't watch anymore. It, it was bogus. They It was not because of his ankle. If it really was because of his ankle, he would have been hobbling along. I didn't see no hobbling. I didn't see him barely making it to the bench. Like, no, it was crap. It was because. He didn't want to embarrass Jimmy G anymore. Now, that was one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life by any starting quarterback. It was awful. He was 6 of 16 with two picks. And the last pick was an absolute abomination. It came out of his hand as a duck. Like, literally, it came out sideways. I, I, I don't know how you throw a ball like that as an adult. And you've like, seen Nathan Peterman play football. And you yeah, think, I've seen Nathan, <laughs> he's better. Nathan Peterman play football. And that was better than I'll tell you that much. Like, whoa, I have no clue what the hell that was. It, it, it was, it was embarrassing. And I don't think I don't see this week getting any better. Like, the defense is going to get any better. They don't have anybody returning from last week that's not going to be on the team this week. They have, they have no leadership in that locker room. Jimmy, Jimmy's soft in, right now. I, I don't know what's going on in that locker room. They don't have Joe Staley anymore. Maybe he was a calming presence in that locker room that we have. But there, it's there's clearly some leadership issues when you can't come out to a big game that you need to win against the Dolphins. Dolphins are a million dollar quarterback, team. Uh... and you and you can't even. Yeah, they didn't have Staley when they went to the and, Super and you Bowl can't last even year. A half-ass effort. They didn't have Staley last year, and they went to the Super Bowl. I don't. I don't know. It's probably like a, a team yeah. that rides high when it's going well and then if it's not maybe it kind of sags in the locker room i don't know if it's a morale issue i think they just looked very rusty and poorly um prepared for that game uh yeah, yeah it Jimmy was G one of the worst basically it's it's if football is you know it's like if your quarterback lays a dud you can't win a game so um that was yeah i don't even think it was the first half after the first quarter of the game was over you could see one team was ready to play football and the niners well, uh, were not they were, yeah they were ghosts for sure that that game's not worth and, talking about and i don't foresee this week being any different i i'm telling you i don't foresee it like what what's the difference between this week and last week that makes them a better a good enough team to beat the rams or a three and a half point favorite 
I mean, uh, uh, getting three and a half points. I, I think seven in this game. I don't think they're going to lose by three and a half. This is a huge swing, though. Like, if I told you before the season started that the Niners would be three and a half point underdogs at home to the Rams, you would have been shocked. Yeah, it would have been. Not after watching that game last week. That's for sure. I'm surprised it's not, so, so you guys, it's not seven. You're, you're concluding this is the Niners. Like, that wasn't a fluke. Yeah, that, that wasn't a fluke, guys. The, the Niners have three missing DBs. They have three missing starting DBs. They have no Sherman, no Mosley, no K1 Williams. So they're running out Witherspoon injured. They're running out practice squad guys, like literal guys that just came off the practice squad last week. That's what Brian Allen was. And he was getting beat like a redheaded stepchild last week. Every single play that he was out there, it was brutal. Like Devontae uh, uh, Parker was just running on him all damn day. And he was getting any help. I don't understand why, Salah, you know you have a, a practice squad rookie out there and you're not going to give him any help? Like, what kind of coaching is that? What kind of preparation? You know this guy is going to be a sieve out there. You know he's going to be an open entry into your defense. Then you don't give him any assistance? He got no safety help the entire game. I, I don't get it. He got camped. <laughs> yeah, that, that's basically what it was. They – like, literally, Fitzpatrick saw him one-on-one -on -one in situations, and he's like, I'm immediately going against that guy. Every single time, without fail. The moment he saw him one-on-one, -on -one, and it's just getting help, immediately the ball went there. It's bullying. But that's what yeah. you got to do. Gave, that, yeah, Dolphins are a competent team. They're going to take advantage of a, of a gap like that for sure. Yeah, the, he gave up three touchdowns and six explosive plays. Like yeah. – you gotta, you got you, that can't be your plan A and not have a plan B. If, yeah. he, if he starts getting roasted, you gotta, yeah, you gotta send help or something or, or get him out of there because it, it wasn't, uh, wasn't, wasn't good for anyone. All right. So you're on like here. I feel like they gave up. There was a quick, like, uh, shutdown of the team momentum after the first quarter. I don't think anyone was playing very, uh, at 100% that game. Yeah, Kittle, Kittle only had four catches. He only had four catches for, I think, 60 yards. Uh, I mean, once C.J. Beathard was in there, you knew it was over. That guy is pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> so, I take it, yeah. Are you also on the Rams here, Army? You're giving up on the Niners? The game, I'm going to stay away. This is a division uh, road favorite, and – they just beat up the, the football team uh, in Washington. <laughs> it gets me every time. But, but, but yeah, I, it's, uh, I'm just going to go with the, the Niners. They're, they, they laid an absolute egg. They, but it's a division opponent. You're ready to buy low on the Niners here. It's yeah, low, It's low enough. It's not a falling knife. I, I think this is a good enough spot. I think they're – um, this could move to three. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I think you have a lot more faith in than I do after what I watched last week. That was yeah, sure, that was an abomination. Throw, yeah, but you throw out games like that. So, like, uh, I mean, does anyone have any other opinions about this game? Because we can move on to the Bills, who also laid an egg. Um, but they were on the road. 
Yeah, but your opinion of like a team can't be uh, moved one week to the next, like unless there's major injuries or something like that. And I think so. Jimmy uh, D I, I, was looked rusty as hell and bad, but he also probably hadn't been practicing for three weeks or a couple weeks. And you know, Kittle is also kind of banged up. I th- I think so, Jimmy looked very rusty, and the Rams have looked good. But which week Rams are we going to get a team that gives up 40 points and then has to come back and score 30 to recover? Or, you know, I I think this is a a division game Niners at home. I don't think that's an advantage really, Um, but I'm getting the hook. I'll take the Niners. I mean, to to be fair, I have been off the Niners after the Eagles lost because what I saw the Eagles lost, this is, I saw what the Niners are going to look at look like most of the year, at least until Sherman comes back, other defensive pieces come back. That that's what the Niners are going to be, is what we saw against the Dolphins and what we saw against the Eagles, a team that's going to barely eke out wins if they do get a, a chance to win. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I think it's a short line. I think the Rams should be a little bit bigger favorites. Uh, recent history, Rams 2-0 and in the last two weeks. But they haven't looked that great. You know, a home game against the Giants, they almost lost. And then they go on the road to Washington and kind of then reassert themselves. So I'm not quite sure what their mindset is. And, Matt, like you said, like I think your point is spot on, is which Rams team are we going to get? Because the Rams haven't, you know, like they could look like world beaters, high-flying offense, Sean McVay, like doing all these crazy things, or look very pedestrian and almost lose at home to the Giants. So the Rams are definitely Jekyll and Hyde, but the Niners right now are like Hyde or one of them, <laughs> whichever wish. Um, they just look one-sided bad. So I, it's the hook is enticing, but I think it's hard for you to back the Niners given what they've shown you the last two weeks and given the lack of confidence in their quarterback, the fact that they go back off Garoppolo and kind of, you know, it's, it's a team that kind of needs to find its identity again. And it's hard to back a team that's trying to find itself rather than a team that you know is rolling and winning. So until the Niners can turn it around and show you that they, that they can do it, it's hard to back them, even catching three and a half. And yet we're a gambling podcast, and I'm taking the Niners. It's, it's not hard mm-hmm. for me. Let's roll with them. This is buying low for sure. This number would be coming into the year seven points different at, at least. And I know the Niners have a bunch of injuries and it's hard to look at what you saw in the last couple of weeks and think that's what you, that's what you're betting your money on. But I don't think those are those players. I think uh, they're going to have focused in on the same things you're talking about. Hopefully they'll get some help for the DBs um, who are understaffed up there. But I think uh, this is, this is far enough. I, I'll take three and a half here in the Niners. I think this is the first time ever me and Roy being on the same side. <laughs> it's a sign of the apocalypse. We're doomed. <laughs> it's over, guys. Do not watch that that game. Your eyes, your retinas will be burned out. <laughs> the, the end of the world. Chiefs Bills. Okay. Chiefs Bills. Yeah, we we alluded to this. So it looks as though there's two Monday night games, right? Yeah, it's two Monday night games. It's Chiefs Bills in the. Uh, early afternoon or I mean early evening and then it's got you got Cowboys Cardinals late evening uh so just to jump in before 
we go into the game. Is this related to the Titans' COVID stuff or the Patriots' COVID stuff? Why are there two Monday Night Football games? Uh, I think it has to do with the Titans because they had to move because yeah. the Bills are involved. It's a Titans. So the, so the Bills had to play on Tuesday night. Yeah. So, so the, the game rather than give them a short rest, they offered to move them back to Monday. Mm, yeah. Chain effect okay. on the road. Yeah. Yeah. How exciting. So much to uh, know. Mm-hmm. Um, breakfast football um, for uh, Bills fans. It should be exciting. Um, Bills coming off a monster uh, dumpster fire game against the Titans. The Titans, our boy, yeah. Our boy uh, Josh Allen had quite a, an event there uh, in that game. He looked um, like a high school quarterback in that game. Uh, what do you yeah, he didn't look there? great. Well, yeah, he looked a little rough. I mean, he had some ridiculous throws. I mean, late in the game when he threw that ball on a frozen rope, 30 yards, and he hit him in the back of the end zone. Like, that's what you have Josh Allen for. And then also he had some, some like, wacky picks, some random interceptions where you're just like, who is he throwing it to? And then, that's just who Josh Allen is. He's a gunslinger. He's like your Brett Favre. Cutler type who, you know, one game can look like a god and the next one could look like some bum on the street corner. And it's just like – and you, if, if you see the Josh Allen you saw a couple weeks ago where he's throwing for five TDs and he's running in one, then this is, this is going to be a really tight matchup. I think the Bills can win here. If we see the Josh Allen that we saw last week, I, I think the Chiefs win by 14. So uh, it just – yeah, another Jekyll and Hyde situation, as uh, Roy likes to put it. I think this could be the narrative of uh, at least the last two games we're, we're talking about here. So we discussed if this game was, uh, you know, booked two weeks ago, what, what is the line here? I think, think it's actually it's the same. The I, th- I, th- you think I think it's, it's three. I think it's three. Yeah, I think it's three. So the Chiefs uh, lose uh, to the Raiders, and the Bills get blown out. So a lot of uh, low faith on Super Bowl champ. Uh, it possibly could be – it could possibly be flipped plus three Chiefs, possibly. I really, I really feel that way. Just as like a, yeah. a public betting kind of thing is that – no one in the betting world or, you know, the, you know, uh, general market is a big fan of bills, but like, if you're telling me I'm only uh, giving three and a half as a chief, uh, better, that seems like a, that's just going to roll, roll in some money, uh, towards the chiefs here. Seems like the line could move. Uh, yeah. Like, I think it's going to, I think it's going to move. Which yeah, way? I, I think I, well, yeah, I, I think I think, it, I think it can go farther for the Bills. If yeah, I think it's gonna. Bill, I think by the end, it's gonna be a Chiefs three. I, I I think by by Sunday or Monday, I think it's gonna be Chiefs just flat three. So you think Bills money coming in? Yeah, I think Bills think, money is I, gonna come in. I think for Sharps maybe. Yeah. Sharps, yeah, public will be all over the Chiefs here. I think because uh, yeah, the Bills couldn't have looked worse. Uh, last night or two nights ago on Tuesday. Um, 
a really weird performance. Like you said, uh, Tim, just Josh Allen kind of gunslinging it. He looked like in, he had some incredible throws, in, insane arm strength. Throws. He had some unreal throws, yeah. Yeah, but then where did the defense go? I mean, defense, this team is yeah, known for their just lockdown defense. And anymore. Yeah, not anymore. I mean, like the Titans yeah. just kind of gashed them. Tannehill all over the field. Uh, Derrick Henry is running right through people. So we know a big bruising running back can seemingly kind of run over people. I don't know if Clyde Edwards uh, Hilaire is kind of a bruiser. Hilaire is not that kind of play. He's not that kind of guy, but still, still he can do a lot more field than Henry can. So Henry is just a downhill runner, wears down your defense. While Hilaire can catch a ball out of the backfield, he has a lot more versatility than Henry. I, I think Henry's a better player, but I think Hilaire can do more things. But that might play into the Bills' def- uh, strength, which is, I guess, a good yeah. pass defense. Um, yeah. If they if they look at the Raiders' tape and kind of see how the Raiders played Mahomes, I think the Bills that plays into their strength. Um, so this is an interesting game. The fact that it's in Buffalo um, makes me lean toward the Bills here. Uh, I think Kansas City losing that game was a really a shock to the it was system. An eye yeah, eye opener that they are definitely mortal. Um, and the Bills, I think, after that kind of a performance, after a loss, I like Sean McDermott. I think he's a good coach. I think he'll whip his guys into shape. I think the, the defense will rise up again. And I don't think the Chiefs' defense is all that special, too. I think Josh Allen will find success. That's not good. And Diggs is a beast. Um, I think you need to target Diggs more. And I think this actually is a sneaky, really good game. And I, I like the Bills here. Well, well the, the one thing that people didn't talk about is that Cole Beasley was constantly coming off the field last night which was a real struggle for that offense because he's what makes that offense run. Cole Beasley, he finds little pockets in the, in the defense to keep the sticks moving. And, and I, I mean, the Bills last night, they went 14-17 on third down. Name another team that goes 14-17 on third down and still loses. It doesn't happen. It's just that the Titans were incredibly efficient. They scored five touchdowns on five red zone drives with no turnovers. There's only been, I think, two other teams that have ever done that. And it was uh, – no, one other team. And the only other team to ever do that was the Patriots that went undefeated during the regular season. There was only one other team to do what the Titans did last night. So they were uh, – it's been 12 years since we've seen anything like it. Okay. That sounds exciting. Uh, seems like a good game. Uh, too bad everyone's going to be at school. That's going to be a great game to watch it for sure. Oh, yes. We're all going to take Monday off, I guess. <laughs> two, two o'clock Monday <laughs> games. It seems, I don't know, Goodell's gone too far. But um, We didn't get Wes's thoughts on the game. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Wes, did you watch any of these games? <laughs> I'm really going to go with the Chiefs here. I, uh, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, and I know Mahomes can bring a shootout every week, and I'm not sure Allen can. Um, he can. No, he can for sure, but I, I, I can't count on him to do it. So I'll take the, the sure 40-point outbursts from Mahomes and see if that's enough to, to cover. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we'll move to the, to the, uh, the official, official Monday Night Football game. Um, Got the Cowboys giving or getting two points at home against the Cardinals. Uh, Zach Prescott had his uh, foot removed in uh, one of the games. 
uh, last week. Uh, Brutal. Got that Andy was, Dalton. Yeah, Andy that Dalton. Was, yeah. No, no one Google that. That, that was not, not right. You're not gonna fall asleep. That was uh, that, that was disgusting. His his ankle his ankle was at a ninety degree angle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was gnarly. Yeah, brutal, brutal. I do think um, there's going to be a, a overreaction uh, because Dak is, you know, in foot uh, shoe commercials and TV uh, commercials. All is he? Is he like a sleep pillow guy? This could be a great <laughs> marketing opportunity for him. They could do some shoe commercials with his shoe. <laughs> oh, like therapeutic shoe. You just poke a little oh, fun man. at it. Just be like, oh, "Wow, God. are your feet hurting you?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Try out Yikes. Prescott Sketchers. Oh. That was brutal. <laughs> I did not intend to walk into that. Rub. Rub. And then I just threw another pun walking into. You walked okay. right into that one. <laughs> <laughs> Put your foot um, in your mouth there, Army. <laughs> yeah, Dak's not walking into that joke. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. man, you just keep tripping over yourself. Oh my goodness! Uh, it's kind of interesting. I don't think uh, we have enough puns, guys. Yeah, uh, let's relax, okay? Um, so <laughs> we've got the Andy Dalton. I guess is uh, is the the man to step up. Um, for Dak Prescott, <laughs> and uh, this is great. I, I, think, I love it. I think the I think this is fine for me. I'm going to take the Cowboys. I've been t- uh, betting the Cowboys uh, and losing every week, and uh, I'm just going to keep going. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm going to bet against you, Army. Uh, oh, I'm going to take the Cardinals here. Uh, I think the Cardinals are a better team, a better defense. Uh, Cowboys Everyone consistently has a give up defense. thirty plus points. <laughs> the Cowboys yeah, they, like, they gave up consistently thirty points, and I don't the team think playing against the Dalton, Cowboys is like the same yeah. as the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> like, yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. I, I, I think the the Cardinals are going to put up thirty points against this team. I don't think the Cowboys can score thirty points against the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals can only score thirty points against the Jets. Mm-hmm. True. Well, I, I'm, I'm just. It's like. Uh, the Cardinals are back. But they, uh, two weeks ago, they laid an egg in uh, Carolina. I mean, I, I guess Carolina's maybe a good team, but um, – and they blew out the Jets. And They're... so, like, the, the Cardinals are back to being, like, uh, someone who uh, thinks is a darling dark horse. And the Cowboys are, uh, you know, lol, Cowboys have screwed up everything for the last 25 years. But um, I think um, – Andy Dalton is I don't, I don't, I don't even think that the Cow, uh, that the Cardinals are a good team. I don't think so. But the thing is, is that the Cowboys' defense is just so, so atrocious bad that I think that any team that end, gets on that field can put up points against them. And the thing is that the Cardinals have a competent offense. So I think they're going to put up 30 points against the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys that, that's could, my, could score with that. I, I think that, that that's fine. They can still win. I think they can keep up. They can still win. Of course they can. They Andy have a Dalton, let's go. But it, they still are have they still have Andy Dalton as their quarterback. That's a positive. He's not great. He's, he's not fine. great. He's fine. he's not a great quarterback. I mean, he's there's the a reason best, why the he's the best basketball quarterback in the league. I think he's they, yeah, he's like they a paid him for a reason. They paid him for a reason. No, nice he's not. He's not better. He's he's not better than Jameis Winston. Sorry, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Interesting. 
You think Andy Dalton's better at Jameis Winston? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. No way. Depends no on your way. team, I think. Yeah, I think this is a more stable quarterback. Like Winston has, you know, has like Pro Bowl numbers, whereas like Dalton put on the Saints. Dalton might, the playoff games. Might be, yeah, he might be a good, a good quarterback. So he he has a good running back. I think uh, just a uh, who's this guy? Uh, Tyson Smith. There's like three great he, wide receivers. He's him going down is kind of big for that team. They, they can't, they can't defend the the quarterback, so I don't know. I just don't think I don't like the Cardinals so much, but the Cowboys suck. So who cares? Who knows? I don't know. Roy, where are you at? Did you watch the end of that Cowboys Giants game? The last uh, two minutes when Dalton led the team down the field for the game winning field goal. He had some absolutely playing... mind boggling. Th- I mean, throws and catches there. They're playing the Giants. <laughs> But no, it, it's those throws that Dalton made. It's not just who's he playing. Like they were a crazy back shoulder. Only the like, his guy can make them, and he just got put in the game. It's like, hey, like here you go, game on the line, go win it for us, and he did it. So these two teams are really hard to figure out because the Cardinals really haven't beaten anyone. You know, they beat the Niners week one, and then they beat the Jets. Otherwise, they lose to Detroit, they lose to Carolina. But this, this team is not like world beaters. And then on the flip side, Dallas, like of course they have no defense. But they just lose Dak. So, like, what's their mindset? Like, are they going to rally around and, like, you know, win one for Dak and kind of, like, will this team rally behind him? Again, like, rally behind a very competent, good back quarterback? Or is just, is, 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 is their mindset just too, you know, like, woe is me or season's like over or whatever? But it's not because they just won. And it's, it's hard to kind of make a case for either team here. I would stay away from it. But if anything, I would lean the Cowboys because I feel like momentum is on their side. They have the – they're at home catching points um, against a Cardinals team that really haven't beaten anyone. Um, I don't like either coach. I think Mike McCarthy is terrible. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury hasn't yet to prove himself. Uh, Cowboys have a ton of talent on their roster, and I think talent will win out in spite of Mike McCarthy's efforts to lose the game as often as he can. What do you have wow. to say, Wes? I'm on the boys here. I think these yeah. teams are in the same tier. And this game's in Dallas, and I don't think they should be. And I think they're in the same tier with Dalton at quarterback. Um, I don't think they should be road favorites. The Cardinals aren't a good enough team to be road favorites in very many places. Maybe against some, you know, really bad teams. I don't think the Cowboys are a really bad team. I think they're – they're like, uh, yeah, they're in the same tier as Cardinals, like the Bucks. Like they're these teams that have the ability to put up 35 any week, but the ability to give up 40 any week. So they're kind of just a coin flippy type teams. And I don't want to give points if, if I'm a coin flippy team. Absolutely. Well said. All right. So three, you guys, Cowboys, and I'm Cardinals. Okay. That's the best loyalist, I guess. Also, Dallas, Dalton, DAL, same same thing. Destiny. <laughs> Synergy. The acronym is the same, guys. Synergy. Destiny. Best bets. Best bets. It's always uh, fun to watch uh, me have to give out my best bets because none of you guys are confident in yours. Oh, I got a confident um, one. That's I want great. Roy's Falcons pick. I mean – Oh, <laughs> oh boy! 
He has his commentary for sure. I bet. So for me this week, I'm on a team that I feel like is still completely disrespected um, with the line. Uh, this team that was home dogs last week with a three and one record. I love the buildup. I don't get it. Like, I don't know what this team has to do to prove that they're actually competent and good and they have talent. Of course, the coaching staff is atrocious and ridiculous and terrible, but there's talent. Is this the Bears? No, it's, it's the, Browns. the Cleveland Browns. Browns. It's, it's back Browns. the Browns. I was, I, I was on this one too. I'm going to be riding this. I mean, this team is – I think this team is good. Oh. Their offense is competent and capable and put up points. I don't know how the hell they were home dogs to the freaking Colts. <laughs> to Phillip Rivers on the – I mean, you got to be kidding me. This is just trying to rub it in our faces, Tim. <laughs> and the, and the, oh, like yeah. you said, the he, he won't ever let it live it down. He won't let us live it down the rest of the season. He's like, I was on the Browns. No, the Browns are Minus good. Minus one and a half. <laughs> Plus one and a half. Is this a playoff team, Roy? <laughs> it's a tough uh, division. It's a really are. hard division. It's hard to say. You know, Ravens look four pretty and one. solid. Pittsburgh four and one, it's not that hard to say. So this is their Super Bowl. So this is the game that I think they come in thinking this is our Super Bowl. Of course, the Ravens on the calendar is another one that they already lost to. But week one, it's, it's hard to get, you know, up for that game. This is the game after, you know, I think that they can circle on the calendars and be like, hey, this is our, 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 our mid-season Super Bowl. These and the Steelers, our, like you saw, <laughs> yeah. And the Steelers haven't really <laughs> played well. You know, like they have holes and gaps, as you said, yeah, Tim. I, and I, the Steelers I, aren't, I think, in mid-season or end-season form. I think this is a perfect spot to kind of get stunned by the Browns, or at least keep them close. Um, I think it's a close game. The A tier for you or the B tier? If they win this game, they're solid A tier. Solid A tier. Solid A tier. If they, if they win this game, Super Bowl contender. Yeah. With you're saying, so you're saying if they win this game, they're top five team. That's what you're no, saying. They no, because no, because S tier, like there's oh, S-tier. We're, we're having an S. Okay. Yeah. We'll oh, you're adding tiers. Okay. Okay. This no, there's always, the there's always the S tier. There's always the S Okay, so you're you're going. You're going the Japanese standard. Yes. We have an S tier and A tier. Okay. 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 Fair enough. So this All team right. is kind of in the nebulous. Is it an A team or is it a B team? Not quite sure yet. They're trending toward A. This is a great opportunity for them to put their stamp against the Steelers team. Again, they're at home again. I feel like they've been at home the whole month, the last two months, and mm-hmm. kind of fat and sassy, maybe alert for the Steelers, <laughs> the old fat and sassy. <laughs> Uh, Browns are hungry, getting disrespected left and right. Uh, I love the Browns here. <laughs> no mention of the new Jerry Rice, newly arrived in Pittsburgh. Not worried about that guy, Roy? Mm. Running run wild cool. on the Browns? Deontay Johnson? That guy? No. What the... <laughs> Juju? No, the Steelers' new uh, four TD wide receiver. Chase Claypool. Oh, Claypool. I'm more worried about Deontay Johnson. That, that guy's fast. Claypool one hit wonder does one hit wonder irrelevant. He's selling, he's selling the stock. Browns all day out on Claypool in on the Browns. Interesting. All right, man. I I, I can't believe this this game actually exists. Um, I'm gonna take the Titans minus three over the Texans. Oh, that's Ooh, a, yeah. I was looking for a second one. That's too um, sweet. I was What's like, what? Here? Is this is this an actual is this an actual square? That's no respect. That is, yeah. Real? Is it the short week? What's going yeah. on? I was like, what in the world? At minus three 
tight. I guess it's a short week. But... They just drop out of the 4 0 Bills team. Yeah, you think they're the, just going to come back? Aren't and the Texans like 0 and 5? The Texans? Yeah, the Texans are 0 and 5, right? Well, no, the didn't Texans they just finally won a game coach? barely. Yeah. They barely beat a bad team. Yeah, oh, they yeah. barely beat a bad team last week. What do you mean barely? They, they won like they won 30 by to three 17. points against our. No, the Texans blew out the Jaguars. Oh, did they blow them out? Oh, okay. I thought they. I thought. I thought the game was tight. It was for like the first half, and then they blew them out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, thirty to fourteen. They scored seventeen oh, okay. in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, that's a close okay. Game. Okay. Because the Texans fired Bill O'Brien, it's hard to say if this team is actually now unleashed with all the talent. And I wouldn't it's be rushing to the window to bet against them. I know, but it's well, like a I division think... game on the road. It's three, and you've got one team that you semi-respect and a team that only you has beaten respect. the Jaguars this year. Exactly. And also, the Texans aren't all that talented. Uh, where Where's all this talent that they supposedly have? They have a lot of old guys that were great five years ago, <laughs> but they aren't, they aren't that, those same guys. They just beat up your bills. No, no, no. I'm talking about the Jaguars. I mean, I'm talking about the Texans. Oh, the Texans. You thought oh. you said Titans. Sorry. No, 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 no. Texans. The Titans are a good team. Yeah. I think the Texans, because they're so like they're in this new world without Bill O'Brien, it's such a you don't know what their highs or lows are. Like you don't quite know reset how good this team quite is. And it's I wouldn't be rushing to be like, Oh yeah, like they're still a terrible team because I think like your your confidence on the Titans is still a Bill O'Brien led team that doesn't Titans, know what it's doing. Titans are in their place. Well, Titans look good, but <laughs> this is a game where, you know, this is a division game. And Texans, well, you know, I, would it surprise you if the Texans win 40 to 20 or something or well even if the texans were good the tech if the texans were a good team which i don't think they are if the texans were a good team they would still this line would still be the same that's what i'm saying is that they're getting the line this is saying they're equal teams the line yeah this is that they're equal teams when i don't think they are I, i think the titans are a far superior team than the texans I think that if the line was accurate, I think the Titans would be six or seven point favorites. They're undefeated. They look great. Texans look terrible. Like, why wouldn't this line be exactly. six or seven? So we're so all this... on Titans. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. I think it should be six or seven, not three, not a flat yeah. three. That means they're equal teams. It just so happens that the mm. Texans are on the road. Mm. I see what you mean. This is a stay away from me. I don't want to touch this game. I like the Titans. I'm with you. All right. That was. Uh... Okay, so it's just uh, Army and then me. So Tim's on the Titans. Tim's yeah. Titans. <laughs> uh, give me the Ravens flying off the Eagles. <laughs> you want a little? You want a, uh, a sip of what I was uh, drinking last week? <laughs> That's a good one. It's always nice to. Uh, I, I lost more. my uh, my first two picks. I have already bet the the Texans or the the Titans. Um, but what was what was Roy's pick? Um, I'm on the Browns, baby. I, I like that. I, I like that too. I think it's just like a division game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one of those numbers that like probably has only happened like twice in the last forty years that the Browns are only uh, only get, getting three and a half. Um, it's usually like the Steelers are monster do- uh, monster favorites in that matchup, but it, it has come all the way back. Um, but yeah, just whatever. 
this is my third option. I'm, I'm going with the Ravens, giving eight on the road. <laughs> I always like to be able to go back to them, but not this week. Man, there are some real terrible games this week. Yes, there Washington are. Football team against the New York Giants. Wow. <laughs> Rushed your TVs. Giants were laying points. <laughs> yeah, that is – that's a hard one. You didn't want to give, give three on the te- Titans against the Texans, <laughs> but you're willing to give two and a half on the Giants. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Mm, you guys took kind of the games. Who's the quarterback for Washington? Is it Kyle Allen this week? It's going to be Alex Smith. Yeah, they, Alex is dubbed. Yikes. Alex Smith ahead. What was he, seven for nine for like 62 yards passing or something? At one but, point, it was, like, of... it was like five receptions for like nine yards. Yeah, it's a lot it's of dump-offs. It was some ugly weather, but. Dump-off special. The Alex, Alex Smith experience. All right, you know what? I'm going to. I'm going to bite the bullet on this one. And it only counts if Cam is indeed playing. I'll, I'll take the Patriots and giving 10 against Denver. I think the Patriots are a low-key, like, still a good defense. And that Bronco offense is trash. So bring, bring, yeah, that, bring really that into bad. New England. Let's see what we can do with it with our defense. And, uh, you know, Cam can put up 24. Get us out of there 24 to 6. <laughs> I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Broncos are really bad. So, all right. I want your no, world's uh, picks. I want your world's picks. We we've got we've got our our uh, final bracket stage. Who do you like? Uh, let's see who's. Let's see I think we just just assume Top is going to win. <laughs> okay, that's a big assumption. No. Top Peace Force. You're done. You, you you're you're convinced. You've seen enough. Five game series, perfectly fine. Yeah. Because they're not, they're not going up against G2, right? Until so it's uh, Damwon versus Dragon X is the first matchup. That's a Damwon. Didn't they 3-0 LCK? They 3-0 in LCK final, yeah. They blasted them. It was, uh, it was a beatdown. I, I think it's – I don't have uh, – <laughs> I don't have, like, the – Interest to like just like pour it on in a minus seven hundred favorite, but that feels like free money to me. <laughs> I don't see how they could lose to them. Anything you saw in groups that would tell you that Dragon X is somehow leveled up to to catch uh, up, even let alone you know, surpass them? Yeah, you know, it's a Lilia one trick. <laughs> so, unless that gets off the ground three games in a row. I don't think that's going to happen. For Piosic? Sooning? JDG? I think the only only close series, I think, is the G2 Gen G. I pushed all the chips on on JDG, and I I like G2. I put... I'm in on on G2 here. I don't like Gen G at all. I think that team is a fraud. They're getting a lot of like LCK based hype, but like their players aren't, aren't that good. I don't think Rascal's good. I I have not been super impressed with Clid. I think Rillard has had some god tier games, but he's not 
card carrying by himself. And DDD is a coin flip guy. Oh, but G2 is also looking kind of suspicious too. Yeah. It's, they have some bad games. They've had some bad performances. They they see, but they never have felt like they are not uh, at the highest level of the player. Like the players themselves, I feel like when I watch them, they look like they're the better team, whether or not they win or lose, even against Sinning. I feel like they have very good coordination, which I I respect a lot, and I think Genji is. Mm. I don't know what I like. What do you like about Genji? I'm, I'm I I can understand why it's it's a close one, but I think Ruler's a god. <laughs> Ruler is very good. Is he? Yeah, Ruler he's, is if you wanted an AD good. for team fighting, I think he's the, yeah. the thing with yeah the thing. I don't. He's, I he's the best. But this is also also not an AD meta. I haven't seen. No, it's Yankos. not. Yankos does not look good. No, he he hasn't looked. He hasn't looked too good. Uh, basically, basically, ADs have been made useless uh, in this meta. I, like, there's no like real standouts in terms of ADs during this meta. A uh, ruler makes them look good. Well, oh, well, I mean, I mean Perks, Perks yeah. has had as many good games as Ruler has in at Worlds. Against the worst team. That's true. I don't. I don't think he does have a worst team. He has. He has to carry a lot hard. Perks has to carry a lot harder than uh, than Ruler does. I don't know. I think it's rightfully scored. This is kind of an even series. My favorite. I think it could go five. Yeah. I think, think Ruler is a better player. But I think I think um, I think Burst has to do more for his team to be successful. I think Caps is a is potentially a level above VDD. I don't. I have. I, I want to see VDD win a big big series. And Caps is. I, I really like. Yeah, I really like Caps. Caps is. He's been really really good. He's been very, very good. I mean, you can name the, the name the mid laners who've been able to beat Caps in a best of five, right? It's Doinby and and Rookie. Yeah, <laughs> like there's like two the two best players. Yeah, there's like two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Both yeah. the two like iconic exactly. players from those years. I guess you could argue the shy for the year before as well, but that's uh, no Caps is consistently the best mid. What is right BDD's now. best best of five win? I can't think I of. I guess it's oh, yeah. semi-final of like an MSI, but other than Faker, none of the Korean mids have proven themselves. Showmaker, Chobi, well, the ones in and... LCK, the one in the ones in LPL have. <laughs> the Korean. Oh yeah, well right. Rookie. All, all the LPL, oh, LPL yeah, players LPL are did. Korean. All the LPL players are Korean, but the ones that <laughs> yeah, play in true. LCK. That's also true. They're not all tree Chinese. Uh, Showmaker, Chovy, and BDD have not like stomped anyone at, you know, in Worlds or at MSI. Right. They can style on the guys who, who are not at their level, but I've yet to, I really do put a lot of, uh, a lot of faith in, in like what you can do head to head in those big series where it is like, it's up to you to carry and caps as hard carried perks is another one that I would, I would always back as someone who hard carried when he was a mid laner and somehow mm -hmm. he did last year too from as a AD. Um, so I'm betting on the players here. I think 
I, I don't like their top side either. I don't like Rascal. I think you, like Wonder is is at least as good, probably better. I think has had higher highs. Has, I think uh, Wonder is for sure better. Better pool. I don't like I don't like Yankos. I I do think Clid is. is well, that might be their advantage. Thing, he beat Clid, he's beaten Clid twice in best of fives. So the thing is, is that top lane like basically basically is a lane where you. It's basically a neutral lane where as long as your top lane doesn't feed, you have a chance to win. Well, it's in non basically These are like hard carry top lane. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Renekton, Renekton, Italy, or Lilia. Who's the yeah, better? Yeah, those, those are those are the exceptions, not the rule. Wait, so I do have where a they where they. Sorry, is it, uh, do you do you put more faith in like who you would rank as like the better player today? or in what you've seen in those two players against each other specifically? Because I think that's like Clid Yanko's matchup is one we've seen the last two times there's been international tournaments and both times Yanko's has beaten him. But I think the meta changes, right? So like, I haven't so you, seen so Yanko. So you're much more like what you've been seeing lately. I, res- I respect Clid's Nidalee, Lilia, uh, Graves more than Yanko's. And those are the jungle champs. Mm-hmm. And whereas last year, like Sejuani, what were, what were some of the tank like supportive jungle? Oh, there's always Gragas. Yeah, I, he has not really popped off on like the meta junglers. But yeah, I I still think of the ten players in that series, I think Perks and Caps are the better best players. It's like rulers, like right, right, maybe in the middle of them. EDD has not done anything internationally, so, and it's like such a slim margin though of Jin uh, G two being favored. So, yeah, no, uh, Genji's. You're, you're just basically picking what team you actually like. Genji's. I think, I think the rest of the series are like kind of unbettable. No chance. I, I mean, JDG is like a, a good bet too. I thought that was a pretty strong one. I think JDG should be considered basically the same as top. Mm-hmm. Like you go to the finals twice, play both five game series, and you finish five and five. <laughs> like, and to me, yeah. I actually like JDG better because they are the more meta team. They're playing around their jungler, and that's that's what's proving to be the strongest for now. And maybe the meta will change, uh, and maybe or maybe tops players are actually just that much better. They can make up for it, but I think this number Sooning is not a. I liked some of what they showed in groups. I would rather judge Sooning for the last nine months of them playing, and and how good they are as players, than just what what they showed against teams that were not at JDG's level. Hey, Army, off topic. Um, have you been listening to Rewatchables? Uh, I saw that you mentioned uh, Seven. I Yeah, they've been know. doing it like a David Fincher. They've been doing like David Fincher for the last couple of weeks. And then uh, and then they just did Unfaithful. Was that the one with Diane Lane? Yeah, Diane Lane, where she's getting banged by Olivia uh, Martin. Oh, of course. I remember that guy. Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. I haven't listened to those because uh, 
I like to watch the movie right before seeing them, and I can't find. Yeah, me uh, too. Me too. I, but I, I had just seen Seven like two months ago, so I was mm-hmm. relatively fresh. So yeah. I, I was, I was interested in listening, and I had seen Forty Year Old Virgin last month. So I listen to the Forty Year Old Virgin podcast as well. Oh, uh, oh, really? You missed that one? Yeah, we came out about a month ago. Yeah, because like they went on like I, a break or something. Yeah, because they, they uh, it was early September when they came out with the forty year old virgin one, or late August. Oh, shit. oh, I'm really behind. I'm really behind. Huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I li- I like that part, guys. Um, the, yeah, the it's really good, I... especially especially if you're a big movie buff. Like, if if you're a big movie buff, like. Like we are, like it, it's a good podcast to listen to because they, because the guy who's the like co-host, he's a he's a movie critic and he and he knows all these people personally. So like that they're doing. Well, he knows he knows of them. Like he's interviewed them in the past. Last one I listened to was, oh, what is the John Favreau Vince Vaughn movie? Black Swingers. Swingers, swingers, yeah. swingers. Yeah, that that movie is it's, great. It's it's like so like um, in the era. It's so nineties. Yeah, it's like so nineties. It's like low production, but like very low story. production. I, there's no way that movie was made for more than one point five million dollars. That movie was extraordinarily low production. It was literally filmed in a trailer, <laughs> like yeah. extraordinarily yeah, low production. Yeah, no, it's a great I'll, movie. Uh, it, it definitely led into more similar type movies. Um, like, basically, it was a precursor to um, to Wedding Crashers. It, it had similar premise to Wedding Crashers. Obviously, it had way more production value to Wedding Crashers. So, it was, basically, Swingers was Wedding Crashers with production value. With no production value. It's fun. there's um yeah movies uh the only thing i've seen recently was uh the boys the amazon tv show yeah yeah i I saw the first season i haven't seen the second season yeah i heard it was good though yeah if you like the first season you'll like the second season when do we get to see Uh, uh the dvd comes out in november so we're not that far away so I, I I just recently watched a horror movie called The Ritual. It was actually really good. Um, so basically, it takes place. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but it takes place in uh, in Sweden. Um, there, it, it's it's kind of like imagine if which project had money backing it. Basically, that's what it is. So, like, high-quality actors, um, actual movie sets, like, set pieces. So, basically, it's like Blair Witch Project if it had set pieces. That's the best way to saying it without ruining the movie for you. But it's actually really good. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I just read a pretty long piece about the Blair Witch Project and about how advertising evolved during you know the infancy of the internet 
And because it was so low budget, it was basically just an urban legend that like it was a real like footage movie and that, uh, yeah. you know, they, they had $30,000 to make. Yeah. They had like Netscape web, web pages created like that were like, you know, for the time looked like, uh, you know, historical records or, and stuff like that. And it would, <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty intuitive. I, I just, I mean, this is kind of rambling all over the place. Um, but you know, like when the Yankees strike someone out, there's that whistle that goes. Is that like, do you remember that sound at all or anything? I swear if you heard it, you would yeah. totally recognize it's, it. It's the strikeout noise that they play at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, it's a strikeout yeah. sound that, that they do every single time somebody swings in and misses. Right, yeah. So, like, I was like, where did that come from? And apparently it's just like a, uh, like the Best Buy regional, like, um, electronics company that's in New York. And that's their, like, mm. yeah. Their, yeah. their sound. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yep. Imagine you could have like that noise like ingrained in your head, you know, eight eight times a game, ten times a game. Um, At least, I mean, yeah. if you have like Garrett Cole going out there <laughs> plus the bullpen, it could be twelve to. Yeah, it's it's just like one of those, uh, yeah, subliminal. They, they get to you eventually, like five dollar foot long songs. Or if you know James Paxson starting maybe yeah, once or twice again. Yeah, yeah. Ne- next year Paxson's coming back, averaging nine Ks a game. You guys, you're don't, go. don't count on anything from him, dude. Uh, you you guys are it's four months of mediocrity and, and then a no hitter calling it. <laughs> then he's out for the year. <laughs> yeah, then he's gonna blow out his elbow again. No. Uh, yeah, it's, okay, it's so been, uh, I've been re- I've been rewatching a lot of movies, and I've just been impressed with a lot of the storytelling of older movies, because I I just think I just think the storytelling elements are, were a lot better back in the day because they're I think they were a lot more fresh, because now they're using the same storytelling elements now that they were using thirty years ago. And so, like, when they were using it originally, it felt fresh to us because it was the first time we've ever seen it. And now everybody uses it. Well, that's that's like a cliche, right? It's like, oh, the Simpsons yeah. did it, or this is just a ripoff of a Shakespeare uh, thing. Like, literally every yep. story that could ever have been written has already been written. It's just Correct. how do you portray it? It's about the way you do it. Yeah, how yeah. do you do it? Where it's like, yeah, you know, uh, color movie production only really – started to get good or you know respectable until like the 70s so there's a lot of you know ones that appear to be the first ones to have done that story so yeah it's definitely perfectly fine to go back and watch them but if you had so like it's similar to if you had never seen the first total recall and saw the second total recall you'd be like Oh, this is a great movie. This is incredibly no, no, it's not. like. Well, all right, Tim. I'm just making like. You'd be like, oh wow! I had never thought of a story like this, where someone's trapped in his uh this dream and he's trying to find his way out. It's like, no, this is the same thing, and 
you know, dolled up a little more with a little more better looking actresses and stuff. But it's not original. So, like, why did you do this? Um, but that, that it works, you know? Well, it's like funny. Also, we're so much from the. Like, Paul Verhoeven is a very uh, visceral director. And so, like, when he creates something, it's very. Uh, there's a certain ambiance and um, there has a lot of, he has a lot of parody, like, like as in joke, he has a lot of like, there's a, he, he makes a lot of, he makes a lot of fun of culture when he's making his films, like uh, Paul Verhoeven, like Robocop was making fun of American uh, gangster culture in Detroit. Like that, that's what it was. It was making fun of the, how we have gas guzzling cars and how we have a lot of gang violence in Detroit. That was the, that was his joke about, about RoboCop. And it was, and so, uh, and same with Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers was a parody of like fascistic military tendencies and superpowers. So like you, you, he has a lot of that in his movies when he, when he's, when he's creating his story and they took that completely away in the new uh, Total Recall, so it lost a lot of its, a lot of its heart. A lot of its I, I'm just, I'm just suggesting a world where there was never the original, and you watch yeah. the story and the setting and how it plays out, you'd be pretty impressed with that original idea. Uh, and story. Yeah, yeah, but, because it, yeah. It, 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 it's a, it's a nice looking film, but it's very. It's very clean. It doesn't have the rough edges um, like the original Total Recall. Like you, yeah, you, you but, just. But this is this is a hypothetical where that movie. Yeah, yeah. Never no, I, I, yeah, no. I, I understand what you're saying. It's it's just yeah. like where everything's just like completely uh, corporatized and it doesn't have any originality, basically. Yeah. No, there was no need to make that movie that way. Yeah. Unique. Um, yeah. Have you guys uh, watched any other shows? I have to, as like a like a group outing for a couple of people. I'm watching this show, Clash Landing. It's a Korean TV show. Oh, uh, landing on you or crashing crashing into Clash, you? Yeah. So it's a um. It's a love story that takes place. Uh, it's about this wealthy uh, Korean socialite who is testing a new gliding system. And then she ends up full go falling into North Korea and she falls in love with this North Korean soldier. And uh, yeah, I've heard of it because I work with a lot of uh, Filipino people and they love and they love Korean dramas. So. Yeah, this is the only project that I have. Are there any other? So they talk about they talk about Korean things? dramas all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? You got any any projects? Any TV shows you're looking into? Olivia's working her way through Desperate Housewives. Um, oh no! I've just, I've just been Yikes. watching. F1. The first three seasons of Desperate Housewives is actually good. Then afterwards, it's a great it just show. goes. Yeah, the first three seasons of Desperate Housewives really, really good. Then it just goes way off the deep end. Um, 
I, I was an avid watcher of Desolate Housewives when it first came out. Like, I, I loved it. I thought it was very entertaining stuff. This goes ra- way off the rails. I think I watched at least one or two seasons. Yeah, it's it's good popcorn stuff, but you kind of – it falls into this, this soap opera like, how many yeah, crazy exactly. stories can you have happen exactly. to the same people over and over? Yeah, when when you have when you have like the gay son who's like sleeping with one of the Desperate Housewives lovers, and it's just like, okay, <laughs> we're getting a little crazy here. Desperate Housewives. No, I, I originally like when that first when that show first came out. I, I was I was very it, it was one of my guilty pleasure shows, kind of like True Blood. Like, I've seen every episode of True Blood. One of my guilty pleasure shows. I think I saw the first season of that. I wasn't a big fan of it. Yeah, it, it's a terrible show. But I don't know why. I just watched every single episode. It was not a good show. Terrible writing, very stilted writing. Very twilighty. Uh, um but it had a lot yeah. more blood and gore, obviously. Yeah, it was, it was the R-rated Twilight. So it's basically... Basically, oh. that's exactly what it is. It's a mature Twilight. What was that? Uh, Ray's guy almost hit a, a walk-off homer. Uh, oh, we're going to game four. Don't worry about it. Baseball, that's right. Yeah, Roy, are you uh, watching any yeah. movies, TV shows? Yeah, I, I've been binging a, 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 a lot of shows. Um, I really, I really liked uh, Money Heist on Netflix. Two big thumbs up. Really cool show. It's like Inside Man if it was like four seasons long and just drawn out and slow and cool. <laughs> I, I, you, you like the slow, methodical approach to your movies and TV and TV. Right. It's just, yeah, it's just neat. Uh, I watched a little dark on Netflix. The uh, German oh, that's version a good sh- of Stranger Things. No, it, it it it's really slow though. You, you gotta it, it's it's kind of like The Outsider, very similar and slow Amazing building. Show. I love The Outsider. Yeah, both good. They're just slow. You have to be patient. It's a very slow build up show, and then once you get to the climax, it's worth it. But it takes a while. You have to be patient. And right now I'm watching, uh, so I'm back to HBO, uh, watching, uh, so Succession is amazing. I saw that when it first came mm-hmm. out. Highly recommend Succession. Uh, I'm watching The Third Day right now with uh, Jude Law, The Third Day. It's kind of mm. cool. Did, did you watch a Young Pope? You mean Two Popes? No, no, no. There's Young Pope and New Pope. So basically, Young Pope was the first season with Jew Law. So oh, basically, and then there was New Pope, which was the successor to oh. New Pope, which had John Malkovich as the Pope in the second in the second season. It was the successor to it. Yeah. So there was there was Young Pope, which was the first one, which took place completely with Jude Law as the main character, and then the second one had. John Malkovich as the Pope and um, and Jude Law nipping at his heels, basically. 
I did not really enjoy that show, to be honest with you. The Young Pope? Yeah, it seemed really... Mm, it was it's a, trippy. It was, it was a lot. It was, it was a little much. I was like, did not need... It's, it's, all, it's all psychosomatic. It's all in his brain kind of thing. It's, um, yeah, it's definitely a, a brain trip. It's not, it's not your usual HBO fare. Let me just put it that way. Have you seen uh, Watchmen? HBO? I tried to get, I really tried to get into it. I, I really didn't enjoy it. Really? Um, I was, I was bored. I was bored throughout the entire thing, to be honest. Um, hmm. I, I watched the first four episodes. I really tried. It wasn't like I watched one episode and was like, no, I'm not watching this garbage. But I actually watched the first four episodes and I was like, okay, this is meh. There was nothing enticing me to keep on going forward with with the show. And there's, I mean, the show was canceled there before after, but there's going to be no second season. But um, Are you sure? Even after it won yeah. like every Emmy? Yeah, it, it did. It's not getting a second season. Okay. Um, I hear good things about Lovecraft Country, and I've always been a big fan of Lovecraftian novels. Um, H.P. Uh, H.P. Lovecraft is one of my favorite writers in terms of uh, fantasy um, and fiction. Um, I don't know whether you guys have ever played Bloodborne on the PS4, but Bloodborne on the PS4 is basically a, it's a Lovecraftian novel put in a video game format. And uh, it, it's one of the best games on PS4. If you ever get to play it, it's extraordinarily difficult. It's beautiful. It's 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 gruesome and grotesque, uh, but beautiful at the same time. Guy like H.P. Lovecraft is is writing. So, uh, like I haven't gone, I haven't got, I gotten to see it yet, but I I'm definitely gonna binge it. Yeah, heard it's amazing. Same thing. Do you watch Black Mirror at all, too? Or Matt? Was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen every episode. I've watched every episode of uh, That show's insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ever, I mean, that coming back? I don't know. Well, they just, they just had that last season where they only had four episodes. Yeah, it's gotten shorter and shorter. Yeah, and the last, in the last season had some, a couple really weird episodes in there. Yeah, they, they dumped the last four episodes in June 2019. Mm-hmm. They haven't, yeah, they haven't and, been on in a long time. Yeah, yeah and, and all four of the episodes are really weird, especially the one about the video game walking <laughs> oh. in the video game. It's like, what in the oh, world? Striking Vipers. Yep. Yeah, Striking Vipers. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, fuck. Where, where the two dudes start like making love to each other in the game? They're hanging in the video game. Yeah. Like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, that has the uh, in the world. Yeah, who was in that episode? It was, He's uh, like, I can't get that it actor? Up unless it's, it's Hawkeye. Uh, it's Anthony Mackie. Yeah, it's Anthony, Anthony Mackie. Mackie. Yep. And then it has the guy who played um, who played Black, who played uh, B- Black Manta in Aquaman. So it has the guy who played Black Manta in Aquaman, and I had Anthony Mackie who plays the Falcon, and then I had them both. Like, hey, it's a hell of a cast. It's just a weird <laughs> striking viper. <laughs> I was that, like, "What I, am I watching?" That was a good. That was. I mean, it was interesting. Running, 
there yeah i mean not as good as previous seasons but it's like definitely I mean, con- like it show it's like episodes make you like think at them and like what the fuck was that like it makes you uncomfortable <laughs> and kind of like challenges like yeah, yeah exactly, normal exactly life it's like yeah all right. i i thought i thought i thought the best episode i ever watched was the episode with um bryce dallas Howard. where she uh, bryce dallas howard where she was the basically social, the social points yeah the social points i i think that's the most realistic to real life that we are seeing today like if you don't have the right social points like you're you're gonna fall off a cliff like you you don't like especially if you're on social media if you're making that your lifestyle unless you fall in line whether you're on the right or the left if you unless you fall in line to this orthodoxy you're gonna fall off a cliff like your your social points are going way down i i didn't know the concept of this show um so that was the first episode i watched Mm. season three episode one Mm -hmm. and uh i was like what is this what is happening (laughs) um and so like yeah all the episodes are so completely different um Mm -hmm. but like the next one was playtest the one where that guy like goes into that virtual reality video game that's like hyper scary and then he has like a brain aneurysm and dies yeah yep um i was like wait how does that relate to Bryce does <laughs> Alice episode like what <laughs> so I ended up having they're, to go back up <laughs> yeah they're each their own episodes. solo entity yeah, yeah I, I didn't know that episode, yeah, yeah there was this that. one episode that was really good the one where they're a military force they're a British mil- elite military force and they have and they're killing they these monsters implants. right yeah and they, they have yeah they have eye implants and basically what they're doing is they're killing off the poor so they don't have to feed them because money is so tight in the world that there's not enough resources to go around. So they send out elite military forces That's pretty good. to basically yeah. to basically kill off all poor people. That's that guy from House of Cards yeah. playing yeah. the army guy. Love that guy. I think the the so like the, the, the darling one is the the two lesbians in that futuristic world. Oh where they, yeah, where they retired San Junipero. But my my yeah. favorite is is shut up and dance the one where the the kid got caught like oh fuck that one that was yeah that's like you're like oh you're like rooting for the kid to like you know survive get away from like the the surveillance people and like you know yeah get away with everything and then you find out he's like a shithead uh dirtball pedophile who was in the car with him the the guy from game of thrones right (laughs) yes uh braun yeah braun Blonde of the Black Woman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great episode. That actually really was a great episode. That's kind of fucked up. That was so... It was shocking at the end. Yeah, yeah. You're just... You're rooting for him to, like, you know, get get rid of him. Stop it. Yeah. I mean, but in terms of shock value, that that can't stop. They're just a... Yeah. They're just assassinating shitty-ass people. The the woman who like committed the crime and has to relive the day over and over again on like public television. Oh, she runs yeah. her life. I mean, like that was that was rough. So, well, what about the one with the bees? I love the that one. That was great. Bees. They, yeah, that, that was good. That was a good. Uh, that was a good one. Where that was, that was more cool. of an investigative. That was an investigative one. But uh, do you remember the oh. one with the crazy with the crazy uh, robotic army dogs? 
Metalhead. Yep. Where, 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 yep. where they had robotic army dogs that had gone out of control and they've killed everybody. That was awesome. And so basically, and basically all was in was in hiding from these robotic crazy army dogs that were all robots. It was in black and white too. Yeah, it was all in black and white the entire movie. Our entire episode. Yeah, what a great show. So, yeah, there, there's some really good episodes. There's some duds. The one where they're flying through space and it turns out to be a simulation. Oh, the that USS Callister. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that one's kind of meh. Like, whatever. Okay. I enjoyed that one. Um, right, that one had um, How I Met Your Mother. mother. Yeah, yeah, she was the main character. She was the main Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really like that one at all. And it has discount it Matt Damon. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was all okay. Know, like, so I was kind of like, eh, yeah. But, um, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah I mean, when, I, when I, I eventually overall, went, I went back to that the season one, the the first episode where uh, the the governor, president, I don't remember, but he has to like fuck the pig on TV. <laughs> oh yeah, I oh. saw that one. That was. <laughs> <laughs> Who comes up with this stuff? <laughs> That's your first episode to pitch your yeah. show. You're like, yeah, we're gonna have to have the prime minister like have sex with a pig on TV. Did you? I thought uh, about, did you? I thought about oh, the fi- go for it. The the other one, Fifteen Merits, where uh, you have to bite the kid. Yeah, yeah, the kid from Get Out has to like. Mm. Bicycle. Did you uh did, have you guys ever seen the movie Hush? No. It's really good. Um so the main character is actually deaf. And she's a writer. And so she holds herself up in this very secluded isolated area of New York. And um and so basically she's attacked while she's completely deaf and basically it's about her surviving this situation, this crazy situation. It's, it's a really interesting take on the horror thriller genre. Oh, it's on, it's on Netflix right now, actually. It's one of the highest rated horror movies on Netflix right now. Cannot watch horror films. Yeah. Well, it's October. It's a perfect month to watch horror movies. You're just... You're you're gambling on a bad sleep. You have bad Stop being a pussy, dreams. Army. You're just uh, you're gambling on a bad dream. <laughs> <laughs> and let's wrap well, the podcast just, there. Thanks for we still, 